welcome to 5% Radio, where it's all about learning like no one else today so you can live like no one else tomorrow. Please be sure to share and subscribe. Another episode of the 5% Radio Podcast. In today's episode, episode number 55, I will be covering Mindset 202. I'll probably do a Mindset 303 later on on the show, but this is the last Mindset episode that I'm going to do back-to-back for now, uh, just so if people are not into Mindset as much as I am and as much as really they should be, uh, they don't have to listen to three or four episodes of it in a row. So anyway, that being said, I want to start off with a couple of quotes from a book that I'm currently going through on Mindset. It's one thing I'm always reading in. Uh, is mindset, self-image, that kind of thing, attitude. Uh, So anyway, no further ado, this is from the book Winning the War in Your Mind by Greg Rochelle, and he says this, Your mind is a war zone, and you are under attack. It is critical that you become aware of the fight. You cannot change what you do not confront. If you ignore the battle, you lose the battle. Later on in the book, he said, A lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. And lastly, one more quote from the book here before we get started. And by the way, I'd highly recommend the book. In 10 years, we will each look in the mirror and someone will stare back. That person will be shaped by the thoughts of today. So Mindset 202, we talked about last time how to argue with your thoughts. We ended on that note, arguing with your thoughts. And we had this kind of picture of two Peanuts cartoons arguing back and forth. Tis so, tis not. And uh, how do you actually do that, though? How do you argue with your own thoughts? Because if you will actually take the stance mentally that a thought is a lie, well, the best way to argue with a lie is the truth. But there is a process to this. So let's talk about this. So step one of learning how to argue with your own thoughts. Step one is learn to interpret and cut off the flow of negative thoughts. Now, everyone has a a different way to do this, a different mechanism that they might implement, a different uh, technique. I personally think of this as, you know, just like you would interrupt a person if they started saying something to you that was extremely offensive or rude, you would cut them off. And uh, this concept actually originated from neuro-linguistic programming, and it's known as pattern interruption. So basically, if you could think about, if I was insulting you or insulting, you know, someone that, let's say it was your spouse or your significant other or your closest friend, Now, outside of punching me in the mouth, you also have the option to just cut me off, to just be like, you know know what, that's enough, that's not true, and then tell me what is true, and pretty much tell me why you're not going to allow me to talk to you like that anymore. It's the same idea here. So think about this. Your mind will only go in the direction that you permit it to go. If it starts going off on a tangent, we've all been in a meeting or in an important conversation or on a phone call or something else, and your mind begins to drift and you understand that I cannot allow my mind to drift right now, what I'm doing is too important, what do you do? You pull your focus back to what you're currently doing. Instead of going off in la-la land and and rabbit trailing, you're like, man, I've got to hear what this person's talking about right now. I can't zone out right now. And you focus in. It's the same thing with pattern interruption. I have to remember that my mind will only go where I allow it to go. And you've, you've probably experienced this yourself. But I want you to think about this. If you already know how to pattern interrupt, if you already know how to pull your attention back to where it needs to be and push away the other thoughts that are coming in that are intrusive and that are breaking your focus, now you already know how to do that. Now that you already know how to do that and you recognize it's the same skill set, you just need to learn how to do it during everyday life all the time upon command. So the longer you give a thought life, the stronger it gets. And the more other negative thoughts will begin to flood in behind it. So think about this. So time equals strength. So if you were to plot this out on a graph, and I'm not going to talk about X and Y axis because most likely we've all 
been out of school long enough to either forget what that means or not ever want to hear about that again. But so if time was the horizontal plane, meaning the longer it goes on, and strength was the vertical plane, so the chart going up, the longer that thought goes on, I want you to picture a line that looks like a ramp. So it starts small, strength is low, time is low. I haven't thought it that many times. I haven't thought it that much. But as I think it more and more and more, the more time I think, the stronger that thought gets. And it grows and it grows and it grows until it, it almost grows until a life of its own. But the key is to cut negative thoughts off as early as possible. If you could picture a row of dominoes and I'm putting my hand back in the first one of the two feet of this, you know, 100 foot long row of dominoes, that's the goal. I don't want to let that go very long because the longer I let it go, the further it goes. And if you've ever watched dominoes, they start slow and then they begin to pick up speed. And the more I think a thought, the more powerful that thought gets because of the idea of ruts and neural grooves and everything we talked about earlier in the show. But so step one is to pattern interrupt, to stop the thought. And then we get to step two. Step two is to argue with the thought by looking for evidence against it. And I want you to picture that this thought is on trial and that you are in a courtroom and you are the person trying to convict this thought of being guilty. Guilty of something that was incorrect. Guilty of being a lie. Guilty of being wrong. Guilty of not telling the whole truth. Fabrication. It's not reality. And you're putting this thought on trial. Treat every single negative thought as though it was a twisted, illogical lie based on the foundation of faulty assumptions, jumping to the wrong conclusions and false beliefs. The Apostle Paul in the Bible said to take every thought captive. Understand that no thought lives in your mind rent-free. Nothing lives in your mind rent-free. There will be a price for what you allow to exist in your mind. So now that you've interrupted the thought and you've decided to argue back, you've decided to put that thought on trial, to look for evidence against it, to find chinks in the armor, to find weaknesses or really falsities with that thought, what's next? Begin your argument by looking for distorted patterns of thinking. These are actually known as cognitive distortions in cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a form of uh, counseling psychology. So uh, there's actually a, a great book called Feeling Great by Dr. David Burns. It's either close to 500 pages or about 550. Um, but in that book, he goes through a ton of different examples of actually how to apply looking for and correcting these thought patterns. But here are the 10 most common cognitive distortions based on cognitive behavioral therapy. So catastrophic thinking. This is assuming the worst what if letting your imagination run negatively wild? So what if this and what if that? And you take a, a molehill and you make it a mountain. So that's number one. Number two is discounting the positive, which really just means focusing on the bad. So you're you're filtering the good things in the situation and you're focusing on only the bad. Anything good, anything positive, anything uplifting or having worth in the situation is viewed of being irrelevant. It has no value. I'm only focusing on the negative by discounting the positive. Well, yeah, but this and yeah, but that. Well, yeah, I, I understand that happened. But what about this? That's number two, discounting the positive. Number three, it's called emotional reasoning, which basically summed up in one sentence means I feel, I feel blank. Therefore, blank must be true. Despite reality, despite objective facts, despite other things pointing to the fact that the feelings are incorrect. If I feel it, it must be true. That's emotional reasoning. That's number three. Number four, is labeling. Labeling is taking an event and identifying or defining yourself by it or with it. In other words, something happened and I looked like and felt like a loser, therefore I am a loser. I, I quote unquote failed in this area, therefore I as a person am a failure. Labeling, that's number four. Number five, 
mental filtering. Now, this is a little bit different than number two, discounting the positive, but let, let me just get into this one. Mental filtering number five is filtering out anything positive so your outlook is 100% based on the negative. So discounting the positive means like, well, yeah, I know I know that's true, but also focus on this, whereas mental filtering is I'm not, I'm not thinking about the positive. I'm not even taking it into account to like, oh yeah, you know, I'll acknowledge that it's there, but I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of move on. No, this is completely, completely getting rid of the possibility of anything good in the situation actually being present. And I'm going to filter everything out besides the negative. So imagine yourself having a filter over your brain, something happens and you only take in what is negative. And your, your brain basically at this point is looking for what is negative 100%, not even allowing positive evidence in. Number six, fortune telling. This one's funny. A lot of us do this accidentally on a regular basis, but jumping to conclusions about reality, assigning motive to people's, uh, you know, whatever they've done to you, actions, if you assign motive to their actions or intent to what they said, assuming that you can read minds. So fortune telling is basically playing God. Well, I know why you said that and you intended this and you meant to hurt me and, and you were thinking this when I said that. Don't you argue with me? Yes, you were like... So this gets like borderline, like, man, this person's acting a little nuts. They're fortune telling. Number seven, overgeneralization, which means I'm drawing a conclusion that you will be blank because blank happened. So, man, something happened. I failed at one point, so I'm probably going to be, this is different than a label. I failed at one point, so I'm probably going to be a failure forever. Overgeneralization. One small thing happened. Well, this probably isn't going to go well because out of 10 things that could have gone right, one thing went poorly and, and you hear thoughts like, oh, things always come in threes. And one of my personal favorites, when it rains, it pours. In other words, something happens and the person's like, oh, something else is coming, always comes in threes. When it rains, it pours. When one bad thing happens, there's a bunch of other ones right behind it. It's just, I can just tell it's going to be a bad week. Overgeneralization, drawing a conclusion. One thing happened and you're like, you know what? The whole day's shot because <laughs> of that one thing. The rest of it's going to be just like this. Number eight, cognitive distortion is blame. This is irrationally telling yourself that you are responsible for things totally outside of anyone's control. So let's say that you're, uh, for example, I'm driving and I hit hit some ice. Now, I, I can do nothing. About, I don't know if you've ever hit black ice. I've, I've actually put a car in a ditch twice. The only wrecks I've ever been in involved black ice. But I put a car in a ditch twice. I hit black ice. The road was crowned and I slid straight off the road. Now, blame would be telling myself what a bad driver I am and anyone else would have known there was black ice and they wouldn't have slid off the road. They would have controlled it and they would have turned around. They would have this, they would have that. They they would have known not to go out tonight. Like, it's all my fault. I'm such an idiot. I'm such a failure. That's blame. It's, it's completely irrational, but it's telling yourself that you're responsible for things that you cannot have controlled at all. You could never have controlled, but you still blame yourself. Number 10 is all or nothing thinking or black or white thinking or 100 or zero thinking, there's, there's all, but basically this is binary thinking. Everything must be either A or Z, it's zero or 100, it's black or white, it's this or that, it cannot be anything in between. Instead of saying, well, how much is it like this on a scale of 1 to 10, you would say it's either nothing or it's 10, it's either at the bottom or it's at the very top, all or nothing thinking. This is This comes with statements like always and never. Last, we have number 10, should statements. Now, should statements are placing improper blame and proper blame on yourself and others chronically meaning over and over and over again i should have done this they should have done this oh we should have done this in other words i can't really do anything about the situation now it's it's too far gone but i'm still placing blame on myself and i'm still putting feelings of guilt 
and basically assigning that I should have been able to do something about this, and therefore I'm rehashing it, reliving it, thinking about it over and over and over again. And again, the longer I think a thought, the more times, the longer I let it go, nothing lives in my mind rent-free, it continues to grow. So the next concept I want to introduce you to now that we've talked about the 10 most common cognitive distortions, and we are wrapping up Mindset 202 here in the next few minutes, is that nature abhors a vacuum. So this saying is referring to the phenomenon that occurs when something is removed without being replaced, aka uh, leaving a void. So if I pull something out, now there's room for something else, and it's going to be filled by something whether I do it intentionally or not. So in order to take one thing away with no secondary consequences, you must replace it with something. So in this case, we're, we're looking at this from the uh, perspective of the mind, but think about in, in a movie when uh, I think they did this in Ocean's Eleven, I could be completely wrong, but you know, there's a laser system and they've, they've got to go pull this one valuable thing from this laser covered case. And you know, it's, it's protected by all this different stuff. You can tell it's been a while since I've watched the Ocean's Eleven movies. Um, but it's covered, it's protected, there's lasers, and there's this this weight-sensing laser, and I've got to make the switch in a certain amount of milliseconds or it'll go off. This is this is the nature of whores a vacuum thing in your mind. So leaving a void with nothing to fill it is like closing, locking, and boarding up the front door only to leave the back door not only unlocked but wide open with a sign that says, come on in. So I've got to make sure that when I cut off a thought, when I begin to argue with it, now I've got to actually replace that thought with something else or it could just come right back. And this is step three. Acknowledge the feelings behind the distorted thought patterns. Acknowledge and maybe make a statement backed by the truth. So, yes, that may be so, but, and then I'm going to speak the truth. Speak a truth that you can believe, only one that you can believe, because you need to speak it in such a way that it either neutralizes the negative or becomes a positive. So, again, if you were to look at this in a just quick layout, how do I do this in three steps? Interrupt argue and replace. So I'm interrupting my thought. I'm cutting off the flow of that negative thought. I'm arguing against it. I'm looking for evidence. I'm putting it on trial and then I'm replacing it with the truth. Use statements like that may be so, but, and then insert a true statement that you 100% agree with. It doesn't make you twinge. It doesn't make your brain like, well, I mean, that's not really true. I'm not, I'm not looking at my bank account saying, oh, I've got, I've got $42 between all my accounts and all my bills are due tomorrow. That may be so, but I'm a millionaire. Like, I, I'm not doing that because your brain's going to be like, <clears throat> uh, we're not stupid. So you got to do this with something your brain can believe. So that may be so, but, and then speak the truth. of where, That may be so, but at, ev- everything's going to change. That may be so, but I could close five deals today and I could literally change everything. I, I could come home with five grand in commission just from today's sales. That may be so, but I could turn everything around this weekend It's not being Pollyanna. It's not failing to live in reality. It's not lying to yourself. It is a positive statement that you can 100% get behind and believe and agree with. That may be so, but fill in the blank. Next one. Yes, blank did happen, but I'm being way too hard on myself. Everyone messes up and I should give myself more grace. So if you're labeling yourself or doing an overgeneralization, if you're doing a a should statement, if you're doing... uh, maybe the all or nothing thinking, or if I'm, you know, basically assigning motive of, you know, I, I should have been able to head this off or it's all my fault. It's, it's irrational. It's emotional reasoning. Any of those things that I just talked about on the top 10 cognitive distortions. And by the way, if you'd like to Google those, you can Google those and you can actually go through. There's different exercises to find which ones you have, which ones you kind of most often fall into and how to get rid of those. And there's actually uh, exercises that they walk you through in the back of uh, feeling great by Dr. David Burns, which again, phenomenal book. It's on my list in the description. I'd recommend that book. Um, 
But yes, blank did happen. So yes, it, I was a jerk today. I didn't mean to be. I was a jerk, but I'm being way too hard on myself. Everyone messes up and I should give myself more grace. You know, I can learn from this. So I'm acknowledging what happened. I'm acknowledging the feelings. I'm acknowledging that the thought may have some validity to it. And then I'm backing it with the direction I want my mind to go. Because I can't just be like, yeah, I was a jerk. Like, maybe true, but it's negative because I'm leaving it there. So I have to acknowledge the truth and then go in the direction that I want to train my brain to go naturally as its default. Next one is, can I really say, this is a great question, if you're struggling with emotional reasoning or all or nothing thinking or blame or should have thinking, any of that kind of stuff, should, should have, whatever. If you're struggling with that, you can ask yourself this question. Can I really say that just because of blank, I'm a blank and can never blank? In other words, can I really say that just because of one bankruptcy, I'm always going to be broke and I can never get my head above water financially? Can I really say that just because that one relationship failed, that I'm a terrible person and I'll never be able to find the right person to be happy with? Can I really say that just because I yelled at my kid tonight, this is just an example, I've never yelled at my kid. Can I really say that just because I yelled at my kid tonight, I'm a bad dad and I can, I'm, I'm never going to be able to have a good relationship with my kid. Can I really say that just because I got fired that one time that I'm a terrible worker and I'll never be able to make it anywhere? So you're, you're bringing logic to this emotion, but you're doing it in a way that isn't just like, man, I'm just going to argue straight with this thought. Like, oh, that's a lie. Shut up. What about this? Like, I'm asking a question. I'm shifting my thinking by asking a question that guides my thinking in a positive direction. And then lastly, sure, it would have been better if I had blank, but all I can really do now is move forward and make better choices in the future. Sure, it would have been better if I, you know, hadn't cut that person off in traffic today and then they pulled into work right behind me. But, you know, all I can really do is maybe I'll go apologize and I'll move forward. Like you, you have to bring rationale to irrational. I have to bring logic to emotion. If I'm always running on emotion, I will never be able to feel balanced. I'll never be able to actually control my thought life. Beyond statements like these, you can also look for what's good in something that you labeled as negative. This could be any of the following. A good motive behind a bad action taken that had poor results, meaning, you know, uh, maybe you were overprotective with your kid and they became rebellious for a season. Well, the good motive was that, you know, I, I had the right heart attitude. I was trying to protect them. I was trying to keep them safe. Maybe I kept something from someone. I, I didn't lie to them, but they, they asked me something and I was trying to keep it from someone. They ended up getting hurt. Now they're upset with you because they felt like you lied, but there was a surprise birthday party. Now I was, I was trying not to let the cat out of the bag. There, there's a good motive there. But the action taken and the and poor results, I'm, I'm still looking for a positive while acknowledging reality. Next is how a good quality that you have neutralizes what appeared to be all bad. So one thing here, maybe that you're, you're a complete control freak or you're a perfectionist. And maybe you're a perfectionist because you really care about your work. Now, it comes off as a negative because you're uptight and you can't you can't let people do anything and you can't delegate anything and you're everything's got to be just so so it comes off as a negative but honestly caring about your work is a good quality so can't you see you could ask yourself a question like this can't you see how the fact that you're a perfectionist even though it may cause problems it's actually rooted in the fact that you care about your work so much you're so passionate and you just want to put out the best possible product that you can and that's an admirable quality can't can't you see that next a very positive, affirming memory from the past that refocuses you on the positive. I used to do this all the time. Whenever a negative would come up, I would automatically 
I would argue with it. I would state the truth. And then I would start listing things that I was grateful for to get in the feeling of gratitude, to get in the feeling of positive, to get in the feeling of being thankful. Because when you're thankful, you think in the, you think in terms of abundance. And I'm not, I'm not being weird here or woo-woo or, you know, attract. I say woo-woo because that's just kind of like my, you're being goofy. You know, you're, you're being a goober. Like the universe isn't conspiring to make you successful and crystals don't jingle somewhere. And, you know, there's a thunderclap and like, like, oh, we're going to make him successful because he thought the right thought like that. That's not how this works. You can, you can go listen to that somewhere else, but that, that there's no evidence to back any of that stuff. And uh, the people usually selling you that are also the people that are like, Hey, just, just pinch yourself right here and go to a happy place and uh, you'll, you'll get rich. Super easy. So a very positive affirming memory. So I would interrupt the negative. I would state the truth. So I would interrogate the thought, look for evidence, state the truth, look for positive evidence for that thought, and then begin listing things that I was grateful for. And this would shift my thought. It would shift my focus. So I hope that helps. We're, we're wrapping up here, but a couple more things that you can look at is other tools and tactics. You can ask positively framed questions such as what's good about the situation? What's good about this? Man, what, what's a positive? What's a major benefit that could come out of this happening? You can make a list of everything that is even remotely beneficial about the situation. So you've heard of weighing pros and cons. What if you just did all the pros? What if you just wrote down, you, you put a timer on for 10 minutes. I'm going to write down every single thing that I think is great that could come out of the situation or that already has or that will come out of the situation. And then I'm going to read that over and over and over to reframe my thinking. It's not a negative. Look how much good is here. What good could come out of this? It's another great question to ask. Next, you can recall other times when something seemed negative initially, but it actually turned out to be a major positive. And then you can list all the things you've been grateful for and dwell on those things instead of your negative situation. Understand if you change nothing in your thought life, if you change nothing, nothing will change. If you want to change some things in your life, you're going to have to change some things in your life. Continuing to do the things the same way that you've always done them will only get you more of what you already have. Stop adding up two plus two over again and hoping it's going to be five. Change the equation. Change your thought life. Doing the same thing repeatedly while hoping to get a different result is, after all, the definition of what? Insanity. So why is it so hard to change? The answer is that the process only seems hard because people try to shortcut the process by skipping steps. You cannot shortcut the shortcuts. Forget shortcuts. And forget a shiny new process. Forget the fact that someone's going to write a book tomorrow about how to, how to do three affirmations that'll completely change your life. Like there is a process to this and your brain will come down to being tired. You, you will go through this pattern interruption, interrupt, argue, replace, interrupt, argue, replace. You will go through this over and over and over and your mind will get tired like a muscle. If you ever played sports in high school and you guys had to go hit the weight room and work legs or upper body, you had to work bench press or, you know, you had to work pulling, rowing, lap pull downs, whatever it was. You had to do sprints that day. You went home, your calves are killing you. Your brain is a muscle and it will get tired. It will get fatigued. You literally will feel like, oh man, like my brain is fried because you've been arguing with yourself, not in like a crazy person, you know, there's multiple voices sort of way, but you've been arguing with yourself against positives interrupting them, arguing and replacing them with the truth, thinking about gratitude, looking for what's good. You've been doing that all day and your brain is literally rewiring itself and you can almost feel this process happening. And one day, one day you'll wake up and your default will be positive. One day it'll be as if someone turned the lights on in your life. One day the depression, the anxiety, the days where you wake up and you're quote unquote feeling like you 
rolled out of the wrong side of the bed or the days that you wake up and you're like, oh man, I can't, I just wish this was over because such and such is going to happen today. Those days will be so far and few between that it will literally be as if you made a complete switch in your life from negative to positive. And understand that success in any area comes down to this. Consistently productive daily habits with short-term goals and a long-term focus while making course corrections along the way. Repeated application of a proven process. As always, I hope this helps, and I am looking forward to talking to you in the next episode where we will be discussing the danger of buying cheaper airline tickets on your journey to success.